Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of Life in the Jungle, Season 1, Episode 22. And guess what? It's the Super Bowl Bound Edition. We are not done yet as the Cincinnati Bengals are your AFC champions and will move on to play in Super Bowl 56. It's really surreal for me to say that. Um, Like I said, I always thought when we had Joe Burrow, this was a possibility. I didn't think so, so soon. Uh, And it's the fact how we did it, down 21-3. to Um, you know, a big touchdown before the half, and then we get the stop, we get the momentum, and it's like everything shaped up just like week 17. Down 11 at half, we come back. Everything just shaped up exactly what it was supposed to be, and you know what, Cincinnati, we deserve this. Cincinnati fans that's been down, uh, you know, been in the trenches since day one, you deserve this. And, uh, you know what? We we AFC champions and we're in the Super Bowl. How are you feeling, Brother Farrell? I've been on cloud nine since yesterday. As you mentioned, it's very surreal. There's a lot of me that obviously realizes I'm overjoyed and there's nothing really that can kill my vibe right now. Uh, but there's another part that just honestly feels kind of weird because this is new uncharted territory as we mentioned you know we were both you know infants and very little you know kids the last time the Bengals were uh in position to you know win a world championship in the Super Bowl so to be alive and be an adult and be able to take this in and you know have a recollection of it is is just unbelievable you know I used to ask my dad uh oftentimes you know he was at both AFC championship games in 81 and 88, you know, he was a season ticket holder back in the day at the old Riverfront Stadium. And I was craving a winner so much as a child, as a Bengals fan, that I would often, you know, ask him what it was like and, you know, how did you feel and what was the town like when the Bengals were, you know, one of the, you know, top two, three teams in, in the league and really had a chance. But to actually be able to live that now, and to be able to tell my own story and to be fully a part of it. And trust me, I will be fully a part of it and have been. It's just, um, I can't put it into words. I I know Coach Cam cried. I cried uh, after the Raiders game when we first broke the curse of winning the first playoff game in 31 years. They didn't get me to cry today. But I can guarantee you in two weeks, if they do what I think and hope and want them to do at SoFi Stadium, I will be a crying SOB, and it's all good. And you guys have a lot of content because I'm going to make Cam go to the parade with me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, you know, it's it's just – it's honestly just so surreal, man, to just see where we came from. Just two years ago, we hired Zach Taylor, you know, and we, we go 2-14. and 14. We start over. We get a new quarterback, shows promise. The quarterback shows promise. Quarterbacks get, you know, severely injured. Um, then you come back this year, 
And, you know, you kind of hear the reports where he's, you know, he's shy in the pocket, a little nervous. So, you know, that, that could, you know, cause us concern as well. But shook that off. And now we're looking here two years later and the Bengals are in the Super Bowl. You can't ask for a better re- – and the rebuild is really not complete yet. We still have holes on the roster that we could feel to get better. And I Absolutely. think that's the, that's the part – that has me so excited is that we can still get this roster better and, you know, and fix the line and do things like that. And like, you know, like this could be, and you know, what a lot of people are saying, if we could pull this first one off in two weeks, we can honestly be set up to be a dynasty. And that's something that's, you know, I don't want to put the you know car before the horse or anything like that, but, that's something that, you know, that's been being talked about now with your national pundits. If we get this win, it could be started with something of, of a dynasty. Well, and and dynasty deferred is what I always called it back in the day with the whole curse of Bill Walsh and, you know, Paul Brown, a Bengals original founder and head coach, making the decision to pass on him uh, when he was the Bengals offensive coordinator and him going to uh, San Francisco, setting up the modern day West Coast offense and, you know, the run that he had both as coach and general manager of them, that all could have been here. So uh, I was looking forward to the possibility of exercising some demons possibly and uh, matching up against San Fran and maybe avenging those two losses in 81, 88 and setting a new trajectory. But honestly, the Bengals have already done that. You know, they did that when they beat the Raiders. Um, You know, I had to give Coach Cam some credit, something I'm going to do. You know, they set a new uh, trajectory when they drafted Joe Burrow. And ultimately, defense does win championships, and it did win the game yesterday. But having uh, Joe Burrow has permeated throughout that entire organization. And I'm talking about from top to bottom. Uh, I was even happy to see Mr. Brown standing up there getting that trophy. I know he gets a lot of heat. I mean, you can argue whether it was justified or not at various times over the past 30-plus years. But it felt really good to see him standing up there uh, taking hold of the Lamar Hunt Trophy, AFC champions again, something that hasn't happened in over 30 years. I saw Miss Blackburn and the rest of her family in the background and just knowing how much energy they still put into this situation. They deserve it just as much as, as we, the fans and the players and coaches do. Mike Brown is 86 years old, still goes to every practice, every walkthrough. You know, that man cares and loves this organization. So it was a great day for the entire city yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, the speaker, Mike, you know, he was up there. And, you know, he, you know, after being, you know, older so long, you do deserve, uh, you know, some type of, uh, you know, return uh, after, you know, all these years. And I, but, but it goes to show you, you know, if you just spend a little bit, you don't have to go crazy. But if you spend and you you choose the right you know pieces to spend on, uh, you know you can be successful successful much faster, um, and that's what that show you know spending two hundred million dollars you know the last couple years on the defense, you know has finally you know it showed up it showed up in the second half yesterday and uh, that's quite amazing too because we talk about Joe Burrow we talk about this offense. But the defense the last two weeks have really stepped up to the challenge and have made plays. And that's defense wins 
championships. There you go, and that hasn't changed. So, and that's been, you know, that's been, they've been huge. They've been taking the uh, ball away. You get two interceptions yesterday. You get three with Tannehill, so you get five interceptions in two weeks. Trey Hendrickson, you know, putting pressure on Patrick Mahomes um, in the second half. You know, just really had for the first time. I thought it was, uh, you know, I saw Patrick Mahomes look nervous, look unsure. Uh, I seen him on the sideline. He was kind of like in a daze almost when <laughs> things weren't going right. Um, it, it was I amazing like, yesterday to see. I, I like the smirk that he gave at the end of the game when he realized it was over and he had been bested on his field. Because you know what that look told me? He said, man, this dude's going to be a problem. We got to figure something out about this Joe Burrow character because it takes one to know one. And he knows he's up against one. Now, not to say that he wasn't last week because that was a classic game between he and Jason Allen, uh, Josh Allen, excuse me, uh, shootout uh, with Buffalo. But this guy, Joe Burrow, is a winner. And he's going to do whatever it takes to do so, whether that's 300, 400 yards passing, whether it's 150 yards, whether it's breaking out of some what we all thought were sure sacks yesterday is showing that grit and scrambling to get first downs, lowering his shoulder, doing whatever he has to do to win. That's what Joe Burrow um, is going to do. And the rest of this team feeds off of that and did that too. I know you spoke about it. Uh, Joe Mixon closing the show down the stretch. Boy, you know, I'm old school. So, you know, I love when, when Joe Dean gets to go on and I get to see that, that pretty jump cut he does in the hole and he's bearing down on people because you knew it was a wrap then, didn't you? Yeah. And I, that's why I told off the record, that's what I told Phil. I said, man, when I seen Joe Mixon get down inside the 20, <laughs> I like my eyes started watering up then because I'm like, this game over. Because I know Money Mac going to ice it. Um, you know, I got faith in him. He's perfect in the postseason thus far. So for me, I was like, this game is ours. Like, we really going to the Super Bowl. And, you know, he ended up hitting the field goal. It's just, you know, and, and that's why I said, you pick Joe Burrow. You pick Joe Burrow, no matter what the Dolphins offering, they can give you six first rounders. You say no. Because it's not worth it when you got the guy in front of you, when you have your quarterback in front of you. You have to take him. And he was the guy, period. It's, it's something about getting it from the bottom, working to get there. He wasn't always a five star. He wasn't all he had to work to get there. And it's all he's always gonna have that chip on his shoulder because he doesn't have the strongest arm. He, he's not the fastest. He's not the most athletic. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I got to. I want you to keep going, keep talking to the public, because you know, if y'all don't know, it may look a little different. I'm on my phone right now. My laptop's finally ready to go. So Farrell's going to hop out and hop right back in. But uh, Cam, keep it going. Yeah, yeah. So when you have that chip on your shoulder, you always got something to prove. And to, for me, it, it's even the fact that, yes, I'm going to say he does have that, that, that Brady in him a little bit, you know, where he get, he go to a different place where when the times get hard, when it's really time to buckle down and, and get a win, do or die, elimination, he don't lose. Ever since LSU, 
do or die situation, he don't lose. Think about it. Alabama on the road, W. SEC championship, W. College football playoffs, W, W. Come here this year. Broncos on the road, W. Ravens, W. Chiefs, W. Playoffs, WWW. He don't lose when it's time and the lights are the brightest. He do not lose. And let me get to this. Uh, some of these comments here. Uh, <clears throat> hey, uh, AI LeBron here, big fan of the show. Who they, who they, brother? Uh, appreciate you watching. Uh, <laughs> Brian Chamberlain. Uh, who they is a guy that feels weird to say. Yes, it does. Super Bowl 56. Your Cincinnati Bengals will be in it. I still can't believe it. Uh, Kenny Fudge, Super Bowl bound, AFC champions. Celebrating for Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Who they? Who they, Kenny? Uh, appreciate you. You've been watching from day one as well. Um, Anthony uh, Anderson says, we are almost there. I'm processing it. We are on our way. And it's good, too, man. You know, we'll worry about the Rams next week. Enjoy this. Sit in this. Watch ESPN, watch Fox Sports, watch NBC Sports, watch them all because you know what? They ain't got no choice but to talk about us. They ain't got no choice but to talk about us. So I say, you keep, yeah, we sit back this week. We don't worry about the Rams. I'm going to continue to touch uh, in, the to- in, the com- uh, in the comments, but we sit back and we enjoyed it this week. We worry about the Rams next week. You know, uh, this is something to celebrate. We AFC champions. Don't let nobody hate. Don't let nobody take that away from us because they can't. We are in the Super Bowl, and 30 other 32 teams can't say that right now. It's only two teams playing, and we one of them. And that's just simple fact. Uh, so, let's see here. Uh, let's see. Henry Cotto said it was cool to see Icky during the presentation. Yeah, man, I'm telling you, Icky Woods with the plastic B. Uh, chain with the plastic on it. That's good luck. I'm keep trying to tell y'all. He showed up to the Ravens game, won. He showed up uh, throughout the playoffs, won. Icky you know what was even Icky with the Nashville and Icky went down to uh, K- KC. So he good yeah. luck, man. We gotta keep. We gotta get Icky to the bowl too. You know what was even better though with with, with the whole Icky situation. Is the fact that we had him a decent jersey on this time, and he yeah, looked he like did. yeah, he looked like he was in tune, ready to go. He was just as hyped as he was in those Geico commercials before he handed the trophy off to Mr. Brown. So it was beautiful to have it, you know, uh, some more lineage from that '88 team uh, there. Uh, which I don't know if you touched on it. You know, uh, me and Coach Cam were uh, invited by Bengal Jim to the remaking of the 1988-89 uh, uh, Hootay uh, rap song, and it was very nice to be part of that. It's still up on YouTube. I think we got it posted in Life in the Jungle on Facebook. Yeah, I'll repost it if we haven't. Yeah, so uh, check that out. But, no, that that was really dope. But uh, now that I'm back in, you know, on this episode, of sorry about having to step away, everybody. Um, I have to go straight for the gusto. And I didn't tell Coach Cam that I was going to do this. So he's going to be just as surprised as everybody else. Uh, Let's talk about that defense. Let's talk about how defense wins championships. 
And there were a few players in particular. There were a lot of guys that made plays. But you know where I'm going, Coach Cam. It's about to get real ugly in here. Oh, you know where I'm going today. Why you got to do this? You know where I'm because it was listen. So, because you got to keep you a couple Buckeyes on the roster. Period. Point blank from your state university, which you should have just as much pride in. Also, we go back. We look at this game, and we look at the plays that that were made. Now, Eli Apple almost gave me a damn heart attack, and I'm sure most of Houday Nation, when he failed to secure that interception. Mm. And 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 even the uh, broadcaster, Jim Nance, instantly tries to go into broadcaster jinx mode. Well, you know, this reminds me of Lewis Phillips in the Super Bowl and Joe Montana. He get wrapped it, <laughs> and he dropped it in the very next play. And you know what happened the very next play? Although my Buckeye dropped that interception, first of all, Jesse Bates, which we've degree, uh, disagreed and debated on and off the record about, I'm pretty sure you agree like most of who they nation does. We need to do whatever we can to bring Jesse Bates back as, at, at this point. Yeah, yes. I Like, like you say, <laughs> like you admit that, you was wrong about the, the burrow and, and the and the chase pick. I can admit that, you know, Jesse Bates needs to be signed. Yes. Okay. And when he made uh, that tremendous play down the field without committing pass interference. Perfect timing to put his hand in there. That was one of the most athletic defensive back plays I've seen since going back uh, this a few years ago uh, when the Seahawks were playing the 49ers and Richard Sherman made that incredible batted ball, uh, defending Michael Crabtree. Uh, of course, he went into the whole don't ever try me with a mediocre wide receiver rant afterwards. But this <laughs> was a little bit more cleaner and just perfect timing. And there happened to be another player from the who was right there, the former first-team All-American, Von Bell. I've been screaming this man's praises since he was in high school. And I still remember being at, at at work when he committed to the Ohio State University and jumping up and everybody looking at me like, what is wrong with this fool? Because uh, I was so happy. So when the Bengals signed him a couple years ago, I was also happy because I knew here's another guy that has become accustomed to winning. He did some great things down with the New Orleans Saints when he first got into the league. And that all helps to have in your locker room. He secured the interception. Best safety duo on the league. Period, point blank. And one of the most underrated plays of the game. End of the fourth quarter. Chiefs are actually kind of driving to do what they did or what was done to them by us uh, earlier this month to possibly score a go-ahead touchdown, you know, uh, with no time left on the clock. And the Bengals' defense stiffens. Sam Hubbard. A local product, born and raised here in the Cincinnati area, state champion at Moeller High School, went on to the Ohio State University where he became a national champion in college, and he made the play again. He dropped back. He was a spy originally, you know, as Patrick Mahomes runs around and tries to act like Steve Young and Brett Favre and Michael Vick and John Elway, whoever uh, he, he thinks he wants to be with the Patrick Price. Yeah, I'm talking reckless today. Um, yeah, we can talk reckless. Let's <laughs> talk reckless. And um, Sam decides, you know what? 
he's having too much time back there. Eventually, Tyreek Hill, uh, Travis Kelsey, somebody is going to creep open. I got to rush this guy. That wasn't planned. That wasn't coach. It was just being a heady football player. And he rushed it. Not only did he rush Patrick Mahomes, he did so controlled enough where he couldn't sidestep him or juke him and, and still complete a pass. He stayed square. He got to Patrick Mahomes, made him fumble. Game was almost over right there. And they had to settle for a game-time field goal going into overtime. So say what you want, but, you know, them Buckeyes show up in big-time moments. That's all I got to say. Hey, man, Buckeye, whatever. They're Bengals right now, and oh. I'm proud of all 53 of uh, uh, being on the roster. Credit, uh, guys on practice squad, everything. <laughs> Who uh you know who 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 did the job you know took a complete team effort, um and you know I just want to get to some of these comments. See, now I'm gonna get to this one comment because when you was off, brother Ferrell, I said Tom Brady, I mean excuse me, Tom, I said uh, Joe Brady, uh, Joe Burrow got some Tom Brady in. Yes, he does. As far as mentality wise, yeah. I'm gonna touch on this. He said, did you compare him to Tom Brady? And what I'm saying is, you know what I'm trying to say. I'm saying as far as mannerisms, as far as when times get tough, back against the wall, you know who's going to come out on top. And it don't matter who's across on the other side of the field. There's only two quarterbacks who's beating Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. One, Tom Brady. Two, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is 2-0 and against Patrick Mahomes as well. So I'm not saying he's going to go on and win seven rings. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying far as mannerisms, how he carry himself, and be able to keep his poise when things is not necessarily going well, that's very brady S. And well, yesterday what we saw, along with the defense, was very brady S. being down 21-3. Okay. Let me piggyback off of that. Don't troll. You know exactly what that man was saying when we done that comparison. And and he's not the only one who said it. I've said it. Uh, Rex Ryan, who coached against Tom Brady for many years in that uh, AFC division, you know, said the same thing. Said, look, you know, you want to see the next Brady or somebody that has those qualities as far as being a killer, as he said. The moment never being too big, rising to the occasion. You know, doing what you have to do to win, whether it's ugly, whether it's throwing for 150 yards, scrambling, or going for 400 yards, matching the play of whoever he's against, having that chip on the shoulder that you can't create. It just has to be there naturally after being passed over for the University of Nebraska, told he wasn't good enough, went to Ohio State, fell in love with that school, graduated from there, told he wasn't good enough, went down to LSU, told he wasn't good enough again, even though he started the first year and finally got his opportunity, and Joe hasn't given those reins back. He takes all of this stuff personal, and he's going to continue to show people in his mind what he believes, more importantly, that he's the best when he steps on the field. That's why he has no fear when he's looking across the field at a Patrick Mahomes. So I'm I'm very disappointed in Mr. Larkins for trying to just randomly troll and say something like that. Now, he might be upset because he knows that the Rodgers rate is no longer going to be offered in Green Bay going forward, so maybe that's what that's about, but we'll leave it at that. Ooh, ooh. Well, <laughs> yeah, leave, leave, leave that one at that. Um, but, yeah, I, I just, you know, 
I'm at still at a loss for words, man. And you know, yesterday, but yesterday when we was down twenty one to three, mm-hmm. for some reason I didn't panic. I wasn't saying we we gonna lose. Like you know, you know, uh, I wasn't. I basically put my phone down and said I'm not gonna be on social media at all because I know it'll be toxic <laughs> either way. It'll be yeah, toxic I'm either saying- way. Yeah, I turned my phone off. We had another one of our uh, listeners who actually is an avid supporter of your state university, you know, Mr. Antonio Strader, who, you know, I know was was making many comments during the game. And, you know, I just turned mine off because I didn't lose faith, but I just said, you know, for right now, I don't want to be connected. Um, Also, you know, some people are ahead of you, you know, depending on whether they're watching on cable or streaming services or whatever. And I hate that. Like, I don't want to get tipped off. You know, when I'm watching the game <laughs> as far as what's happening. So I just I said, I'm just going to, you know, disconnect and, and see what happens from here. But the reason you didn't panic and many of who they nation didn't panic is because, number one, you have Joe Burrow at quarterback who is not going to panic himself. And no lead is, is safe, just like they would say the same thing if the Bengals were up and Patrick Mahomes was on the other side. They would say no lead, you know, is safe as long as there's time on the clock. And also, when you got a kicker like Money uh, uh, Mac, who is making a run to be the new Adam Vinatieri in the league, very impressive, and showing you why he was the only kicker drafted in the 2021 NFL draft. There's no reason to panic. And the Bengals have played with every team that they faced this year. Only game that really got out of hand, maybe not necessarily due to turnovers, is just that we, you know, coughed up and lost. Was the Cleveland game during the uh, year when we played here in Cincinnati. But every other team, whether it was, you know, Green Bay or San Francisco, you know, that we played, the Bengals were in that game, had an opportunity to win. They proved a long time ago that their talent matches up with anybody. Shoddy offensive line or not. And that's why I'm laughing at national analysts like Booger McFarland that, you know, just, just cannot give the Bengals credit and just has to. You know, I asked him on Twitter to apologize, not – that I thought he would respond or do so. But, I, you know, I felt it was deserved because he adamantly stated, oh, there's no chance they're going to go into Kansas City, not with that offensive line, and yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, so did you not watch Week 17 when both teams were still playing for something? And then there were the whole, oh, the Honey Badger's back. He was out there in Week 17. What, what are we talking about? Are you guys really that brainwashed? with muscle memory yeah. that you just cannot give the Cincinnati Bengals credit. And that's yeah. fine. Keep doing it because you only got one more game for that not to go the way that you wanted to go. And then Bengals fans are going to unleash hell. Yep. 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 We're going to be annoying and we, we deserve to be because Lifetime of the because the only person, well, I'm not going to say the only person, um, Michael Irvin give a, a, give us big respect. He gave us big respect today as well. Um, uh, saying Cincinnati you deserve this don't let nobody take it away from you and that's exactly uh, how I feel uh Henry uh, Henry Cotto says what's the injury report on CJ uh according to all reports that you know have been seen CJ has a sprain MCL has a chance uh you know a chance to play in the Super Bowl uh just see how he heals and and how he progresses but there is an outside chance uh that you know we uh, we get CJ and we see him in, in the Super Bowl. So outside uh, chance is what we want to preface that by because yeah. there's still going to be, you know, a great deal of rehab that has to take place and just depends on how 
quickly his body, you know, allows that knee to not be sore and be flexible. But definitely good news in terms of what we thought it could be. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, we have Anthony Anderson says here, we definitely can't forget to give Big Sam Hubbard and B.J. Hill some love. That defensive line terrorized Mahomes in the second half. Yeah, B.J. Hill was absolute steal. Uh, I remember winning the trade of uh, Billy Price for B.J. Hill. I said, you get a lineman that's formidable and someone that will help rotational-wise for a backup offensive lineman that's, you know, honestly giving us nothing. It was a no-brainer. And for the fact that B.J. Hill come in and actually get you six and a half sacks, come up with some, uh, a big interception like yesterday, um, and I think he had a sack against the Raiders as well, just go to show you that was a steal. Another move by the front office, you know, just an underkey, a low-key move that's now showing up big uh, on the biggest stage. So that's where, you, you know, we can talk about the front office in the past and, you know, what has happened, but we have to give credit where it's due. These last two years, we've drafted well. We've spent money in the right areas. And you do that correctly, this is what you get. You find your quarterback, you can have a quick turnaround. And uh, that's what uh, we see here. Uh, and I see one more post here. I'm, I'll, I'll let you answer it too. I want y'all to answer a legit question for me when the Chiefs was driving already up 21-10. Did y'all believe that they were going to win the game? Honestly, after the Chiefs scored, on their first three possessions of the game, on their way to twenty-eight to ten, lead at halftime. Okay, Honestly, let me answer that. Please. I never. Let, let me answer that, please. Go ahead, and I will. I'll go ahead. As somebody that actually played the game and did so at a you know high level, you know, I was always taught that, uh, in, in even when I coached, that you never give up until there's four zeros on the clock. So I never give a damn about you know the score, particularly in the first half of a game. Um, when they were driving 21 to 10, honestly, I thought when Samaji P. Ryan took that to the house, that was more of a, a relief and seeing that we were still fighting and were able to get some traction and on the board. And that was kind of a, okay, here we go type moment getting the, you know, monkey off the back. And even though Kansas City drove down the field, I still didn't have any doubt. Now, what I will tell you is that when Eli Apple from the you know, made that tackle and slung Tyreek Hill down to the ground and Kansas City mismanaged that uh, situation at the end of the first half to walk away with no points. I felt really good, especially when the commentators reiterated, hey, this is the same margin that they were down at, at the half during the first meeting with the Chiefs earlier this year, which was 11 points. And then I tell you what, did I believe they were going to win when they came out and, and stopped Kansas City right away? Yeah, I could tell that momentum was was swinging towards the Bengals' way and actually already in our favor because that's an invisible stat. Now, so you can look at these little analytics and numbers and remember as many stats as you want, but having a natural feel for the game and understanding momentum, that invisible stat and how that works, yeah, I was very encouraged at that point. Even though we uh, also turned around and punted in our first possession, you could already tell that the momentum had swung at that point. So at, at no point during the first half did I think, oh, it's over. Or did I prescribe to that whole Eeyore, you know, Winnie the Pooh, I don't know, mentality that even some Bengals fans have because they haven't shown me any of those traits this year. Joe Burrow doesn't prescribe to those omens or bad, you know, luck, uh, you know, tricks of the trade that used to plague the Bengals and stuff. So I don't know how Coach Cam felt about it, but yeah, I you say they're driving. It didn't do anything for me. No, no, I, I felt the same. Twenty one ten, they were driving, 
but I don't count points until they actually on the board. You see what I mean? I don't count points until they actually on the board. And I knew if it got to where it was close and fast, I knew I, Kansas City is a cocky team. And they was at a cocky point where they felt like they couldn't be stopped. They was going to go for it. And it cost them. It bit them in the butt. So I don't – so when you say, uh, honestly, did I still think they were going to win or did I still have faith, the answer is yes. And I'll go back to what I just said a few minutes ago because the points were not on the board yet. I can't say, oh, they're driving. Here come points. I'm scared, though. No, they got to actually get the points. And what happened? We got to stop. They didn't get the points. And now we go in halftime with momentum. Completely and that's when I knew that we had a chance because it's a whole different ball game. Defense feeling good about themselves after the stop. Let's make these adjustments and come out ready in the second half. And that's exactly what happened. So the answer to that is yes, I still feel confident in the uh, in the Cincinnati Bengals for sure because they, they like you know, Farrell said, they've shown us all year that they ain't going to quit. We know that they was going to at least battle back and make this a football game. Uh, I mean, the only thing that had me concerned really was the defense at a certain point, you know, because I knew with us being behind, you know, they were going to have to stiffen and and rise to the occasion at a certain point because even if the offense got hot, you know, you're going to need a couple stops to even things up and get back in this game. So that was a concern. But as you mentioned, you know, I don't count my chickens before, you know, they hatch. So, you know, you can drive all you want. My thing is, are we putting up, are we giving up points, excuse me, and since the Bengals did actually step up to the plate and stop that, and I figured that would be, you know, another shot in the arm as far as momentum relates, I didn't feel any type of way about it. Yep, absolutely. Antonio Stratus said here, get on the juice, CJ, they won't test you. <laughs> no, but we would like to definitely have CJ back, um, you know, um, yeah, because, you know, I think it's a, Nice little drop off after CJ. Once you get to the rest <laughs> of our tight end room, there. Yeah, so we'd definitely like to have him back if he could play. Uh, we have Miss Lawrence here. It says uh, major props to the defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo for making the, uh, the necessary adjustments in the second half to limit Mahomes' to offense to three points. Defense will win us us the Super Bowl. It is us who they who they Miss Lawrence. Uh, and before you speak on that comment. Uh, yeah, Lou really has made adjustments this year uh, on, on several teams, not just, uh, you know, the, the, the Chiefs. Um, defense, man, has stepped up. And that's what you pay $200 million for over the course of two years. You pay that to get performances like this where it mattered the most. And you know what? Also performance. And I will say though this too. In the second half, Mike Hilton played great, uh, great ball. And the slide uh, had several pass breakups as well. So, you know, shout out to him as well. Absolutely. I think that, you know, the defense did a great job, obviously, of adjusting because they had to. And, again, that was the only way that the game was going to turn in the Bengals' you know, favor. But I, I go back to, as I mentioned earlier, that stop at the end of the first half. That was, you know, just a tremendous jolt of, of energy and a little bounce in their step that you could tell. Uh, you know, had changed the game. And when Sweet Lou made the adjustments that he made, 
they were perfect. You know, they were no longer getting those wide open, you know, underneath routes and everything that they were giving up throughout the game. And you can see the panic in Patrick Mahomes. He wasn't staying in the pocket. You know, he was scrambling. Guys weren't getting open. And we were actually getting to him in the second half because the first half problem was we had no pass rush at all. And I don't know if maybe it was because we came out in a more conservative defense. I honestly thought the offense kind of came out conservative as far as play calling too. It was almost like they wanted to let guys get settled instead of coming in right away and acknowledging and realizing, hey, we match up with this team on both sides of the ball. Let's go get it like we did, you know, the first game. And that's kind of how the first game started. I honestly did not see much difference between this game and the first one. They they really kind of unfolded in the same manner to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh and to see them unfold and it wasn't because and, and like you know Mike Irvin said earlier today, it wasn't because it was just the Chiefs not executing. It was like those were forced, you know, the Bengals made the necessarily necessary adjustments, uh, you know, to, to make it hard on Mahomes and, you know, make him dance around in the pocket. And that's what you gotta do. Make him do them little circles to make them run them laps in the pocket. Don't let him outside the pocket. And you can get turnovers and sacks on him and things like that. But they've been doing that for three straight weeks. You know, first it was the erroneous whistle that was the only reason you listen to certain experts and analysts that, that we defeated the, the, the Raiders, which, again, had no effect to that player, the outcome of that game. Then last week it was it was totally Ryan Tannehill's fault. You know, the Bengals did nothing. You know, Jesse Bates didn't read and react and bait him into that interception. Mike Hilton didn't make one of the greatest plays in postseason history, batting the ball up, old tip drill that all defensive backs know and do and and practice and do that. And uh Eli Apple didn't stick his hand in there again and make another great play deflecting, you know, the ball in. It's it's always something and it gets annoying and you know, you know this, Cam, from our conversations off the record. You know, of course, I have my individual rooting interests and, in, you know, all the sports that we, you know, watch and stuff. But, you know, as a journalist, as somebody myself in the industry and just a fan in general, I respect and love the game itself. And I, and I try, at least, even when I do have a rooting interest, to appreciate the beauty of that. If somebody makes a play, even for an opposing team that I know is a good play, I give them credit for that. You know, they're, especially on the professional level when they're all getting paid to do this. And it's just getting kind of irritating and sickening to watch some of these national pundits and people that are just coming up with every excuse. And I'm like, you know, they've won three straight playoff games after not doing so in 31 years. They, they beat the number one seed in the Tennessee Titans on their own field, you know. The Raiders were honestly one of the hotter teams in the league down the stretch, dealing with all the distractions and stuff. You know, they had, you know, had motivation to beat Cincinnati, you know, the way we pounded them at their own place during the season. And then you play the defending AFC champion four years in a row. The Patrick Price, the brain thrust of Andy Reid, who I do love and respect, and he is, you know, a, a Hall of Fame coach. So, you know, I'm being funny, but I'm also, you know, saying that everything was stacked in Kansas City's favor. You know, all pro tight end and Travis Kelsey from the University of Cincinnati, you know, a position that we have not defended that well, you know, this year. I mean, they, they had every uh, excuse and, and reason to beat the Bengals, but they didn't. And then you're looking at a team that now has lost twice in the same month to the Cincinnati Bengals, but yet people have to come up with an excuse and put it on. Well, what's wrong with the Chiefs? It's not what's wrong with the Chiefs. The Bengals beat them. 
And that's why you saw that befuddled look on Patrick Mahomes' face, the, the complete distraught look on Travis Kelsey's face, because they know they have been bested by a team that has their number, at least for the moment. You know, this could go on to be the AFC's premier rivalry the next few seasons. May very well be. I guarantee, because of course they play Kansas City this year coming up. I guarantee that's at least a Sunday night or a Monday night game. I know from a marketing standpoint, the NFL is going to do that. But as of right now, like you said, Joe Burrow is 2-0 and against Patrick Mahomes. 2-0 and against Patrick Mahomes. Uh, that is what it is. Uh, he 3-0 and in the playoffs. And like I say, each and every time, when you was, uh, you know, hopping on your uh, computer, I say when the lights shine the brightest, elimination game, a have-to-have-it game, Joe Burrow don't lose. And you can take this back to college where you have to have it. Like, for it all, chips win. You talk about Bama game. W. You have to have it. SEC championship game. You got to have it. W. You can take it back to high school when he won a state championship at, at Athens and was the Gatorade High School Player of the Year in the state of Ohio. The kid has winner in his DNA. Yep, and that's and you gotta have that man, and 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 it's that it factor. We don't, you never know what it is, but Joe Burrow has it, uh, and and it spills throughout the team, and for us to really be in the position that we are now in the year two of this whole thing with him is really, really, really amazing. And let's, but I want also Cincinnati too to cherish this moment and let's not say, oh, if we don't win, we'll get back. It's not guaranteed. <laughs> we, look at, uh, we look at Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. They won one. We thought that Aaron Rodgers will continue to get back and continue to be um, you know, like almost like the next Brady on the NFC side. It just didn't happen. It's hard to win in this league. It's hard to do what just happened uh, this season. So right now, like uh, I heard on the radio someone say it, yeah, you know, we playing with house money, but it, it sucks to lose, you know, the house money too when you go all in. And this is what this is. is. This is the Super Bowl. This is for all the chips. And you want to win this because sometimes that Super Bowl runner-up gets a hangover, and it's hard hard for them to get back to where they need to be. It's Super Bowl runner-up. It's Super Bowl champions have have hangovers. You know, it's it's you know I'm good for quoting you know the old quotes that the NFL legendary coaches have have said at one point in time. But you know, uh, to to throw another bone to Mr. Larkins out there, you know the great Vince Lombardi once said, you know, you never stay the same. You're either getting better or you're getting worse. And I believe that wholeheartedly. You know, there's not a whole lot of carryover from one year to the next, not in the NFL. So uh, we've been preaching that a lot on Life in the Jungle throughout the whole year is to stay in the moment. You know, at certain times, taking it week to week because we went on different journeys throughout each week this year with this season. But you have to take advantage of the here and now, which I have no doubt that the you know Bengals are doing. They wouldn't be in this position if that wasn't their approach and how they're viewing things. But, um, you know, I, I mentioned it in other episodes. You know, Dan Marino came in rookie year, lighting it up, goes to the Super Bowl, and he'll tell you in the first place, I thought this was going to be easy. He's like, we're going to be doing this every year. and never made it back. Now, I don't think that we're going to go on a 31-year drought, especially not with, you know, Joe Burrow 
you know, here. But as you said, there's no way to guarantee anything. So live in the moment, and we are one game away from mortality. Oh, something else I want to do, because people have been messing with me off the record and, and asking me, um, are you a believer in Zach Taylor now? Are you going to give Zach Taylor, you know, his credit? I know that Coach Cam and I both have had our opinions at, at certain times, but I'll be honest and say that I don't think Zach Taylor had as staunch a, a, a critic as, as me during his time here. Are you sure about that? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not an advocate for anybody losing their job in any industry, but I'll just say that I, I've been on Zach Taylor from, from day one. So, um, you know, it, it's hard for me to do this because I, I I recognize the moment and I understand what's happening. And I've seen coaches make a run in the playoffs be it like a Doug Marone or somebody in Jacksonville and never get back close. And I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but, but I am going to say that he deserves flowers too. Um, oh yeah. Winning six games in, in two years and a tie was, was very uh, disheartening and worrisome for Bengals fans who wanted a change. Now, why do we want that change? This is also important to mention because we had a stabilizing force that came here and changed the culture and made sure that the Cincinnati Bengals were no longer the laughing stock that they had been 15 years previous in previous head coach Marvin Lewis, who had set a standard here of at least competitive football. And sometimes you do need that guy to come on and take you from that mid-level to that next level. You know, some guys are only meant to take you to a certain point in time. And we questioned at certain times whether Zach Taylor was that guy. But, you know, you have to give credit where it's due or look stupid or stubborn or both in the, in the process. And I didn't always see his vision and what he was doing or why it was necessary to get rid of everybody from the previous Marvin era, or at least, you know, most of the players or some guys that we had come to love over the past decade. But um, he's got something going here. And if he wins in two weeks, then what? Hey, yeah, and uh, Brian, I'm going to go with Brian Chamberlain here. He says, just remember, Mike McCarthy is the Super Bowl winning coach. Now, <laughs> to, be, to be fair, to be fair, <laughs> not only did they have Aaron Rodgers, okay, Aaron Rodgers had an offensive line, Aaron Rodgers had Charles Woodson, Aaron, you know, the Green Bay Packers had Charles Woodson on that Super Bowl team. Please don't say that's the only defender you're gonna name from that. No, I said Clay Matthews. Uh huh. You know, there, there, there were, there were, there were plenty others. Who are you looking for, sir? I'm looking for the all-time leading tackler in Green Bay Packers history. Don't get, don't give me that. Don't give me that. We're, we're, we're not gonna mention AJ Hawk, former Cincinnati Bengal. He was all right. Okay. Cam with that hating stuff again, but okay. Can, can <laughs> no, I'm not. It was, it was all right. But no, seriously, I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask you this question. Okay. We win the Super Bowl. Where does Zach rank on all-time list of big Ooh. <laughs> you going go there? Number one ASAP? You with going the Super there? Ooh. <sighs> I mean, if somebody does something that has not been done in franchise history, mm -hmm. 
And I know why Brian said that comment, my boy Brian, because he's a Cowboys fan and he wants Mike McCarthy out of there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, the Packers had already had previous, you know, championships and, and Super Bowls. So, of course, you can't, and you can't compare him to Vince Lombardi and, 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 uh, uh, who, who's my guy that, that was the, uh, Mike Holmgren, Mike Holmgren. you know, coaches like, like that. So, I got you, but if Zach Taylor wins the Super Bowl, is he the best Bengals coach in history if he wins the Super Bowl? Yes. <laughs> you ain't want to say it. You didn't want to say it. No, but I, I didn't. Mean, <laughs> he would be. You think about it, he'll be 4 0 in the playoffs with a Super Bowl ring. And you look at the first two years, they was rebuilt. So you kind of like not give him a mulligan per se because we thought we could be a little bit better. But, right. you know, you can know that he was trying to clear house and get his guys in there. His first year with his full slate of guys, he went a division, goes to the Super Bowl, and if he wins it, you darn near got to put him up there. I mean, look. <laughs> And that sounds he, crazy he, to say. If he brings us a Lombardi trophy, it's really hard to argue. The first one. But I tell you what's not hard to argue. And and we talked about this a little bit off the air too, alluded to. We're gonna have a whole bunch of people mad, and I don't care if they get mad at me. We talked about what it'd mean if Zach Taylor wins as Bengals head coach. What if Joe Burrow delivers? The lowly Cincinnati Bengals, and I say that for what the outside people outside of the greater Cincinnati area think, the Cincinnati Bengals to a Super Bowl championship. I made a post earlier on Factual Opinions and on my you know personal page and outlets about how him doing that would equal what LeBron James did in 2016 for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Because if you're not an avid Ohio sports fan and you don't know the type of you know, downtrodden history and Aju that comes with professional sports here. You know, it's it's bigger than just what happens on the court or on the field. There are certain things that you inherit even if you weren't on the team just by coming here. And that's why this group, win, lose, or, you know, well, can't be a tie in the Super Bowl, uh, win or lose in this season will always be remembered for a number of reasons. But for not giving a you-know-what about previous shortcomings and what hasn't or has happened here and totally staying in the moment and bringing a new energy to this team and believing in themselves uh, that, that has not been seen here. And, and that's why I'm always going to love this group, you know, no matter what. But if Joe Burrow does that, it's the equivalent of winning – two or three championships elsewhere. That's how hard it is to win a professional sports championship in the state of Ohio. And for the Bengals, let me tell you something. He wins one for the Bengals in his second year. I got a comment that Mr. Larkin and all these Packer fans and everybody else ain't going to like. Because if Joe Burrow wins a Super Bowl in year two for the Cincinnati Bengals, with this subpar offensive line that everybody keeps pointing out. If you ain't talking about Brady, Elway, Montana, 
I don't know, maybe Favre, Terry Bradshaw. I don't want to hear it. I got a new GOAT if Joe Burrow wins a Super Bowl for the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, I I, I will say this. If Joe Burrow wins this, a Super Bowl for the Cincinnati Bengals, it will be equivalent to LeBron for us. Uh and I want when he win when I when he win, I Ooh, want him to do the LeBron thing too. I want to say, Cincinnati, this is for you. <laughs> I want to do that. I want to do that. But no, um, if I will go, I will go this far and say this: If Bro was the win behind this subpar offensive line, and year two where, like I said, this the rebuild of the roster is not complete yet. If he pulls this off. I'm putting him in top ten all time. <laughs> I'm putting him top ten all time. He's doing something that people said that couldn't be done. So I don't want the goalpost to move. Everybody has said oh, he cannot win in Cincinnati. Oh yeah, everybody and, said. And, and they, they ruined and, and ruin quarterbacks and every other thing. Not to mention we've had two previous NFL MVPs here, Ken Anderson and Boomer. But you know, I'm gonna start doing Cowboys fans and fans of other organizations the way they do us. Oh, that's old stuff. Don't talk about that no more. So you know, if you got to go 20 and 30 years back to quote something, then then it's irrelevant now, right? So let's do them the same way that they do, you know, us when it comes to stuff like that. But but honestly, honestly. You can make an argument that he would belong in the top 10, but there's a stat that I also want to point out. So let's say that Joe Burrow, if slash win, you know, they take care of business and two week wins the Super Bowl. He will be one of three, because there's only two right now, quarterbacks to win a Division 1A national championship and a Super Bowl. There you go. That's what I'm saying. It's another. And the other two guys were named Joe, too. There you go. Joe Namath and Joe Montana. Well, as, Hall of Fame is right. As, as Don Cheetah once said in the NFL playoff commercial, fathers expect more when they name their son Joe now. Yeah, now you know why he said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And let's get to these comments. They sound crazy, but Zach will have to go to the top of the list. However, he has had a lot of help from, from Joe Burrow, which is true. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Anthony Anderson, I will agree. He will get a statue at Palmer. Yeah, build if he would build the statue now. Build the statue. I'll be down there, free labor offer. You know, whatever you need me to do for the statue. Right, yeah, my boy uh, Stephen Bill said, "Hey fellas, Bill's going to the Super Bowl." Yes, sir. Who they? Still hard to believe, but we here. We in the Super Bowl, and it's one game, four quarters. Anything can happen, and. I definitely would put, expect my boys to come out on top, but we'll talk about that next week. Uh, now, now you look. So he said, "Top ten? Are y'all serious?" And I'm saying, "Yes." If you're talking about year two, a player get a Super Bowl ring, he's ascending. I'm not saying he's going to get five or six, but he's oh, he's getting better. He's getting better and better. And he only going to get better behind a better offensive line, which we're going to pay for in the offseason. Better believe it. I mean, and if, and we, if, if, and if we continue to draft well, why, why not? I mean, why can't he be? Why can't he be? I mean, 
like I said, I'm not I mean, guaranteeing. If, if he wins, he, he but, already has – listen, if he wins, and this is year two we're talking about, if he wins in year two, he's already equal the feat of the great previous two Green Bay Packer quarterbacks and Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre, who each only had one of their own also. So let me just throw that out there. So you throw up the Gotti statistics and go back to the Lombardi years if you want, Bart Starr, but I'm just being real on what has taken place. Yep, absolutely. But he said never want to win a Heisman, Natty, and Super Bowl. So when you throw the Heisman in there, he would be the first uh, uh, to pull off all three, uh, which would be also within itself. But yesterday uh, is what I've been waiting for my whole entire life. I never thought. For a second, I almost thought that I never thought I would see it. You know, over the years, you just like, man, my team would never be there. My team will never play on the grand stage where, you know, you got Snoop Dogg, Dre performing. Our team go be there. And they have to talk about the Bengals now. Yeah, they don't have a choice. I've been watching stuff all day, and they they, they don't have a choice. They don't have a choice. And almost it's crazy because I was watching Undisputed today and Skip almost it's almost like he know Brady leaving. So he hopping on the Burrow train to talk about it. <laughs> you know, he's like, you know, he gonna be the next Brady. He gonna be this, he gonna be that. And you yeah. know, and, all, I, and you gotta look at it like this. This is one of the best turnarounds in NFL history as far as two year turnarounds. They've already equaled as far as one-year turnaround, what the 99 Rams did, a team that won four games going to the Super Bowl the next year. So they've already tied that turnaround in NFL history. And I understand what you're saying because it was a very emotional moment. This is where you can't separate emotions, you know, from from being a fan. Uh, I got calls from a lot of people yesterday. And the reason I got, you know, calls is not just life in the jungle, not just factual opinions. Uh, people that have known me my entire life, which means that they know that I left Good Sam Hospital in December of 1986 wearing Bengal stuff. They know that I got picked on as a kid wearing my Bengal starter jacket because everybody was a Cowboys or a 49ers or a Packers or just whoever was winning because, you know, people do like to do the bandwagon stuff. And all the years of loving David Klingler and Jeff Blake and Neil O'Donnell and Gus Farad and those teams that couldn't get out of they way in three and thirteen, four and twelve, going into games where you were looking for moral victories. I see people don't know about that, you know, because then there's a whole segment that that only remember life from when Marvin Lewis got there. You know, I'm going back to you know the Dave Shula, you know, era after you know Sam Weiss. You know, the the moral victory was is Corey Dillon gonna get a hundred yards today? <laughs> is 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 Jeff Blake gonna throw a bomb to Carl Pickens? You know, is is Chad gonna embarrass somebody? What's he gonna do when he get in the end zone? I'm talking about the moral victory days. Yeah. So you yeah. think that I'm not gonna act a fool and appreciate what I'm watching my whole entire life? When you get to a point where you see something that, as you mentioned, you thought that you'd never see. Now I never verbalized it. You, you know, but there were but there were definitely days where I was like, you know, there's probably a serious possibility that I'll never see my Bengals get to a Super Bowl, let alone win one. And they are yeah. four quarters away from doing that. 
Yep, so, absolutely. So, so, so look out, Packers fans and everybody else who, you know, go out of their way because you know this. And if, if anybody follows my work and what I do, I don't troll because I have too much respect for the game and the athletes to play the game and stuff. I don't do that. But but I got something coming for you if the Bengals take care of business in two weeks, just just so you know. Boom, there you go. Jay Cooper in the house said y'all defense has earned they pay and some this year. I, you know, they has, uh, you know, they have for sure. Uh, especially these last two games where we needed a stop. They, you know, reached down and got one when we absolutely needed it every time and got some key turnovers too. And that's what you need, um, you know, to, to, to make it to the Super Bowl and win in the playoffs and not only make it to the Super Bowl, but win it. So definitely uh, true about the defense. Uh, Steven Billis says, you know, Blake to Pickens and Scott. Yeah, those are the days, you know, we just wanted to see a, a bomb from them, and we was all right, you know, regardless of how I saw somebody when they were panning around at the people, the different reactions when, you know, the Bengals, when I saw somebody with a Darnay Scott jersey. So whoever you are, man, I know you a real fan. Shout out to you with the Darnay Scott throwback on. There it is. There it is. But, man, look, the Bengals are, are, are really – oh, we got a question here. It says, do you see the Bengals keeping Riley Reef? I'll go first on that. I don't think so. Uh, we'll see. Uh, but I don't see him returning. Uh, or as I see us, you know, trying to upgrade that position if possible uh, or, you know, attack it in the draft. I don't know if they go after or, you know, or maybe they let, you know, Isaiah Prince try to win the job. I'm not sure. But I I, I would, would like to upgrade that position, uh, that and the right guard. I think Riley Reef, as uh, Stephen Billups uh, announced, there was a stopgap to someone that could get someone better. So uh, I don't see Riley Reef returning um, as a Cincinnati Bengals next year. Uh, let's see here. Stephen Billups says uh, defense held Mahomes to three points in the final two plus quarters twice in January. And that's facts. You know, down the stretch, uh, you know, in the second half of the game. Lou made adjustments and they has have not been able to to answer it. Uh, I think it's been two games now. I think, as you mentioned, with that being over two games now, uh, there's a tremendous amount of confidence that this team continues to build. You know, on the defensive side, losing you know Larry Ogunjobi had a lot of Bengals fans worried, but there have been so many guys that step up. DJ Reader has turned back into the animal that you know I thought he would would be when he signed here. Uh, B.J. Hill, as you mentioned earlier, great pickup. So the Bengals are fine. In fact, what I'm really hoping happens in this two-week gap is you get somebody who is a little beat up, like Trey Hendrickson, who came out a number of times, you know, uh, during the course of yesterday's game and had to reinsert himself into, you know, the lineup, maybe gets a little bit healthier and makes that defense even more lethal. And I did want to touch on that, you know, Riley Reef comment because I, I tend to agree you know, Riley Reef with that one-year deal was kind of meant to, you know, get us through uh, this year. He'll be, you know, 33 years old starting at the beginning of next year. Probably have seen, you know, the best that he has, you know, to offer. I look at the Bengals, do bring him back. It would be probably in a secondary role or if somebody gets hurt and he's still, you know, unclaimed or hasn't, you know, latched on you know, somewhere during the course of the season or before training camp, maybe in that scenario, but not to be the starting right tackle. I would hope that through free agency or the draft, they look to upgrade that position long term. Yep, absolutely. 
Um, also, Stephen Billow says we need to overhaul our offensive line, similar to what KC did last offseason. Yeah, I just don't want to just get so thirsty that we, you know, maybe overpaying a trade like they did for Orlando Brown. That really didn't really work out for them as well or what they thought, you know, they would get. Um, so you just got to be careful with that. I do want to be aggressive in free agency for sure. Um, and in the draft, if they're in position to get someone they really like interior-wise, do so uh, because I feel like from center to right tackle really needs to be improved uh, a whole bunch there. Um, let's see here. We talked about this earlier. Do you think we give Bates his well-deserved money? Uh, I think you have to. If not, you have to franchise tag him and try to make something happen and, and reach an extension. But you have to bring Jesse Bates back. I don't want a franchise tag. Get the deal done. Uh, I think he's proven over the past few years, but particularly this year, yeah, it took you some time to turn it on. But, you know, when the pot and the water was at its hottest is when you need guys to turn it on and be able to turn that hot water into hot chocolate. And that's exactly what he did this offseason going in. He wanted his contract. He wanted his money. So, yes, his, his dollar was a little bit down. And he admitted that it affected his play. But, um, you know, once the lights were the brightest, he showed up and he showed up big. And the Bengals are not in the Super Bowl without the play of Jesse Bates this postseason. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and you know what? I I am, you know, ecstatic. I, I want to say, you know, before we get out of here is that, you know, win or lose, I will always remember the 2021-2022 Cincinnati Bengals team. Uh, this has been a year uh, for the ages for us. Uh, and I'm hoping, and uh, with us going to the Super Bowl, um, you know, it just lays the foundation for a huge culture change, franchise change. And when you have someone like Joe Burrow, that could potentially be your quarterback for the next 10 to 15 years. Uh, it could change the way teams look, you know, the, the NFL and, and the national and nationally how people look at your, your organization and your franchise. And that's huge too moving forward. And and what, and one other thing as well, it's going to feel weird on draft night where we got to wait all night to pick. We're going to be picking 31 or 32. That's uncharted waters for us too. Uh, so we're going to have to stay up to almost 11.30 midnight to watch our, our draft pick uh, uh, this year. That'll be, that'll but you be know what? It, it will all be worth it if Trey Wingo is on there or Rich Eisen or Chris Berman and saying the world champion Cincinnati Bengals are now on the clock. On the clock. Ooh, don't, don't tease <laughs> me like that because I've already heard the Cincinnati Bengals are going to Super Bowl 56. Now, that felt good and unreal. Now, if we get on here to draft night and say, yo, world champion, Cincinnati Bengals are on the clock. Man, listen. <laughs> but, listen. But you know what, Bengals fans? I know me and Pharaoh, we're going to celebrate this week. We're going to enjoy the fact that our Bengals are in the Super Bowl. Next week, we'll definitely have a show breaking down the uh, the Rams, what we have to do to win, key players, key matchups, all of that good stuff. Um, 
But right now, we're going to enjoy this win. We're going to enjoy being AFC champions. And we'll worry about the Rams next week. Go ahead, brother. One one more thing. I, I want to shout out uh, Bengals' uh, second leading receiver in most significant categories all time, and Adriel Jeremiah Green, who specifically reactivated his IG just to congratulate and give well wishes to the city of Cincinnati, the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Brown family. Big class act by A.J. Green or doing so, who did not want to leave and is an all-time franchise great here. So wanted to give him a shout-out for doing that. Yep, 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 absolutely. Andy did as well. I know several people, Giovanni Bernard, uh, several people just, you know, that's been uh, Bengals basically their whole careers have, you know, reached out and gave their congratulations. So, you know, uh, the city of Cincinnati, we deserve it. Fans, we deserve especially the ones that's been down through the trenches, uh, you know, over 30 years, you know, 25 plus years, you know, that's uh, we deserve this moment. Enjoy it. Next week, we focus on the Rams and we focus on getting this championship and bringing it to Cincinnati for the first time ever. So, but until next time, I'm Coach, Coach Cam. This is I am Pharaoh. We will be back next week to break down the Super Bowl matchup between the Los Angeles Rams and our Cincinnati Bengals, Super Bowl 56. Until next time, we out.